Good morning. The reading this morning is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. It can be found on page 1139 of the Pew Bibles 1139. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For the, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Alistair. There was me uh, thinking that there was a new pulpit for me. A really high one. (laughs) Shall we pray? Let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you so much for your words. Thank you that... Um, It speaks to us as we've been singing, and um, we pray that we will understand it and that you will apply it to our lives, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, you might like to keep page uh, 1139 open in your Bibles as we look at uh, Romans uh, chapter 12, and uh, we're thinking about serving, and um, it's perhaps worth saying something about where this sits within the whole uh, context of the, of the letter. Um, a growing community, a church, uh, can only be really seen, Paul is saying, in the light of uh, the whole of um, chapters 1 to 11. Um, so we haven't got time to look at chapters 1 to 11 uh, today, but it, it's essentially saying that it's God who has saved us by his grace. And uh, um, he's done that as a gift. It's been given to us, not something that we can do. It's not something we can uh, put our effort into. It's, it's done for us through, the, through Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice uh, for sin on the cross. Um, and that's what the chapters uh, before uh, talk about in much more detail. And, and that, I think, is why he begins this section in verse 3 with, for by the grace given me. And so it's really important when we think about servicing, service and serving is that we get grace right in at the front end and that our serving it flows out of grace, out of what God has done for us in his son Jesus. So verse 3, for by the grace of God given me, 
I say to every one of you, and it is every one of you, every single one of us, you and me, um, has an opportunity and a calling to serve. We're all called to serve. It's not just about a few, not just about um, a single group. No, it's all of the church community, and not just for the really keen people or the people who've got more time on their hands. Um, it's actually for all of us. Um, we are called to serve. So how are we going to serve? And what does it mean here? What does Paul teach us? And the first thing I want us to notice is the plea of serving, the plea of serving. And the plea comes in two parts. The first is, verse 3, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think more highly than you ought. It's to do with humility. There's a plea here, before we talk about serving, to think about humility um, and not to get stuck on yourself, to, to not be given to exaggerations about uh, what you can do. Uh, um, it's a bit like I always remember when I used to go fishing and my exaggeration about what I caught would, would grow. I caught a fish this big. Um, and that sort of way of thinking can come into our service as well. So um, we need humility. We're all given to that embellishment about who we are and what we can do. And when, and when it comes to giftedness to serve, we are in a great danger to think more highly of ourselves and that's why we need a constant call to God's grace, that it's, it's a gift. He gives us gifts um, to use for his purposes and his glory. Um, and so there shouldn't be any spiritual pride in that. Um, so that's the first um, part of the plea, is to get humility uh, in place, to understand that it's a gift from God. The second bit is, uh, continuing in verse 3, is, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Um, in a way, the answer to self-exaggeration is, uh, isn't self-loathing, that I have nothing to offer, I am useless kind of thing. And that's not what God wants. He does not think that. But it's to think soberly, to think rightly, to think clearly, to think about how God sees you and how he sees me and how he sees us as his children, that we're dearly loved, that we are in Christ, that we're his children, to see who we really are and our identity, that we're saved by the grace of God and it's a gift and he's made us his children. We need to see ourselves rightly and in that sober judgment. Um, and so the church is not is not the obliteration of giftedness and individuality. Um, the, there's a huge diversity among us in all sorts of ways, culturally, ethnically, socially. Um, and so when we come together in the context of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, when we focus on God's mercy, the gifts are just gifts. They're wonderful gifts, um, but they kind of lose their allure to kind of trap us into thinking that they are our real identity. Yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Our real identity is in, in Christ. I, I think about this, um, uh, and I may have said this before in the past, I don't really like being called Mr. Vicar. <laughs> and maybe you've done that, and you're thinking, oh, no, I've called him Mr. Vicar. I just like plain old Eddie, really, because that, that, you know, my function is as a vicar, yes. But I am just a child of God like you, uh, like all of us. 
And uh, you can imagine as well what Hannah sometimes thinks if you call her Mrs. Vicar. <laughs> she says, actually, that um, what, what you should do is you should call me Mr. Pilates. <laughs> so just to compliment uh, that. So there you are. Um, you've been warned. <laughs> So sober judgment, thinking about ourselves correctly, is really important, having that humility before God as we serve. So important that we have that plea from Paul here. The next part is that, um, that he gives us a picture of serving. And it's a wonderful picture of the body, isn't it? Verse 4. But just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So you think about the body, don't you? The, the effectiveness of a body is directly related to uh, its being in Christ, as it were, in the head, uh, in Christ. Uh, just like uh, a body needs to be connected to the control tower, well, look at the tower, <laughs> needs to be connected, um, we need to be connected to Christ to work effectively and to serve um, him and to serve each other. So it's really important that we see that we're, we're in daily prayer and in our devotional life and meeting together, that we're dependent on him. But also notice it says here, each member belongs to, to all the other members. So this is interesting, isn't it? We don't just belong to, in Christ, we're, we're connected to each other. You might remember um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the difference between being marbles and being a, um, grapes. Like grapes are connected together, they're organically connected, uh, mutually dependent upon each other. Uh, and so the body is such a great picture because we all need each other to function well. And so if someone is absent or if somebody leaves or somebody's not around or, or um, isn't taking part, then in a sense we're all a little bit dis diminished by that fact, actually. And so um, the body is a great example for us um, to get our heads around about how we need each other uh, in Christ to function well. What about this, this picture Onto the, the third P, the purpose of this serving as a body. Look at um, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. Grace is given to each of us, to every single one of us here this morning, and we'll have different gifts. Now, it mentions here specifically seven um, but there are other lists in the New Testament. You can read about those in, in 1 Corinthians and in Ephesians and in other places. Um, and the point here of the list is that it's to be selective. There is a selective list rather than an exhaustive list. Um, because we might read that or have heard it read and think, oh, you know, none of those particularly uh, feel like my kind of my gift. Um, but the point here is that Paul's giving this list as an illustration. There is an illustrative list of things. Actually, if you were to put together the whole list of all the gifts that God gives his church, they would be very, very long list. But they're illustrative. And the main point, in a way, is really simple. Whatever the gift 
God has given you, it's given for a purpose. And it's given for a purpose to build the body up, to build his people for the well-being of the church. It's not for display, it's not in a sense given for personal gain, for the advancement of a specific cause, but it's to bring unity and harmony to God's people around the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. That's its purpose. They're their purpose. Not toys to be played with, but a toolbox to be given to the church to exercise carefully for his purposes and to build up his people. So you can see why the plea is really important at the the beginning to get the humility and the sober judgment in place. So let's have a really brief look at some of these. We haven't got very long to look at some of these that are particularly mentioned here. And they have kind of, what I would say is is a group of speaking gifts, uh, communication gifts, and you have a a group of what I would call more serving gifts. And um, the first one here um, in verse 6 says, if your, your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Or if you look at the little footnote in the Bible, you'll notice it says, or the faith. You see that there? Now, I think it's hard to know exactly what Paul um, meant here, but I think what it is to do with is conveying spiritual truth from God, isn't it? That's what prophesying is about. It's about conveying spiritual insight from God for the benefit of his people, for building them up. But I think it's also important that we're clear what it isn't as well. Now, we need to be clear that this gift is different from Old Testament prophecy as we understand it. Um, When the prophets spoke, it was as if God was speaking himself. You know, you read, thus says the Lord, don't you, in in, in the prophets. And I take it as the equivalent of the Old Testament prophets are the apostles. And so you notice in the New Testament, um, the writers will often talk about the according to the prophets and the apostles. And Paul tells the, the Corinthian church that their prophecies have to be tested and weighed before they were accepted. So when we, when we uh, think about prophetic insight that we might have as a gift, um, when we think about prophetic insight, we're not saying simply, does that sound reasonable to us? What we're actually saying as well, does it actually seem consistent with the apostles and the prophets? Does it seem according, in accordance with the Bible, the prophets and the apostles? And I think that makes sense of why Paul says it's to be done in accordance with your or the faith. In, in other words, uh, neither then nor now is anybody able to advise something as um, coming from God as being revelatory in the same sense as we would understand the scriptures to be revelatory. But that equally doesn't mean to say that God has not given you, by his spirit, prophetic insight into all sorts of things that would need weighing and testing. And I think, and I know within our church community, that people have that and that has been exercised. And that is a good thing for our building up and for our encouragement of discipling to keep going. There's more that could be said, um, but the 
the next one that's mentioned in verse 7 is, if it is serving, then serve. And uh, that, after prophesying, that seems so much more straightforward, doesn't it? Um, but actually, in its straightforwardness, we forget how vital it is. Um, and there's a sense of the straightforward way that Paul states it, if it is serving, then serve. There's a sort of, I think there's an implicit warning here that goes, it goes a little bit like this. If you've got the gift of serve, serving, just go on and serve. <laughs> I think that's what he's saying to us here. In all these, really. It's as if you're implying, um, don't go around blowing your own trumpet or um, trying to tell people how many rotors you're on. Just, just get on and serve. Um, and then the next one is, if it is teaching, then teach. Get on and, and do it. Um, there's lots of opportunities for the exercising of that gift. Um, the purpose of teaching is so we can learn. Um, and then um, the, the next one after that is in the same way, encouraging. This is such a, a wonderful gift. Um, the gift here is the fourth one mentioned. If it is to be to encourage, then give encouragement. Get on and, and do it. Um, in some translations, the word encourage here is, is exhort um, or urge. It's a very sort of um, kind of um, momentum word, a, a word of, of, of action. Uh, it's more a sense of pressing home to people the implications uh, of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to people's lives. And in, in urging them, exhorting them to live it out. Um, perhaps a good way of um, illustrating is, 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 is this, and I hope I, thought, I found this illustration quite helpful. Um, say, for example, um, a friend wants to know how to get to Buckingham Palace to see the king. And um, they ask you, and you could give them, couldn't you? You could give them a very kind of factual answer about how to do that. You know, you get on the 108 or the 335 down to Greenwich, get on the tube, get off at Green Park, thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, then walk down the Mall, you get to Buckingham Palace and maybe you'll see the king. You could give that kind of, kind of uh, instruction, okay? Um, but if I'm an encourager, if I've got the gift of exhortation and, and of that sense of urging and, and exhortation, I'm not just going to give you facts. I'm going to go something like, great idea. I'll come with you. I'll go with you. Let me come with you because it's so important that you go and see him. And it's an amazing adventure and it's an amazing trip. And I'd like to show you. And so you say, look, I'll come with you. I'll draw alongside you, and I'll, this is so important. I'll take you with me. That's the kind of thing that encourager is um, as a gift. And I know some of you have that. I know some of you will have that um, because you've done it to me and you've done it to others. Um, verse 8, we get on to the giving. If, if it is giving, then give generously. God has given you resources and time uh, to build up the body, then use those resources. Give generously, um, but do it in a way that's not seen by others, to do it secretively. 
um, not to gain influence. I think that's really important. Um, I may have said this as well before. I think it's really important that I don't know who gives what in this church. I hope that's reassuring to you. I haven't got a clue because so often giving can be a place of uh, to try and influence or it's, it's about power um, plays that go on. But there is a gift and we're all called to giving, aren't we? In fact, we're all called to all of the gifts in some sense. That we're, but there is a gift to giving um, because all of us are, are, are called to give as part of our worship, our time and our resources and our money. But some of us will have particular and specific gifting in that way. And maybe that's you. Sixth is that if it, if it is to lead, do it diligently. Paul gives lots of instructions uh, about how to do that. Remembering that leading is actually serving because Jesus Christ is our servant king, isn't he? He's our servant leader. Leading is serving. Serving is leading. Um, Finally, uh, the the last one I want to mention here, seventh, is that if if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is an interesting one. Um, Many of you are, are involved in, in areas of showing mercy, ministries of mercy, either, either in the community or within our church. But you're also involved in lots of areas of mercy ministry in the home. It's often not seen. Perhaps you're caring for a loved one, a, 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 a parent who is uh, infirm or, or, or some, something like that. And it's, you're, you're, you're in a constant flow of showing mercy and compassion to that person. And it's hard, um, that kind of work, day after day, to, to care for people day after day. And you can become um, victims of uh, compassion fatigue or mercy fatigue um, because it's really hard to keep that up. Um, and sometimes you can shift into, into areas of Im- being embittered um, or, or um, feeling like others are not taking their part or blame it on the government or or, or whatever it might be. And it strikes me that that is why Paul says here to do it cheerfully. (laughs) What a challenge that is to do it cheerfully because it's hard. Um, And I think that's why, again, at that point, to do it cheerfully, you've got to get the gospel out, haven't you? You've got to come back to that you're in Christ and you're serving because he has served you through the cross. Um, there you go. There's a bit of a whistle top. There's lots more that could be said. And we will be talking more about these um, in the future. And particularly in March when we, we're going to be particularly talking more about serving and what that means for us and the different opportunities and different ways we can explore gifting. Um, They come from God, therefore serving him and serving each other. Um, Let's pray that we might uh, do that, that we may seek out opportunities to serve. Let's pray, shall we? Uh, Father God, we we thank you for your words. Um, Thank you for the way that Jesus has served us. And we pray as we have briefly looked at areas of gifting that you will show us 
What is our gifts that we may see opportunities to serve and that we may be led by you in this to build up your people? For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.